Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Today, we've got a lot to talk about. Some big names, too. I'm talking Damian Lillard, Colin Sexton. We've got maybe a coaching hire now in New Orleans. A lot of stuff going on around the NBA. We're going to dive into all of it. But first, make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. And don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And if you like this video, make sure you hit the like button. Keith, let's dive into this, man. First rumor that's up is uh, Damian Lillard. According to Anthony Slater of The Athletic, the Warriors have talked about trading, at least internally discussed, trading for Damian Lillard. How ridiculous would that backcourt be? Damian Lillard and Steph Curry together? That's just That's just not fair. Yeah, how do you defend that, right? right. You're going to have to pick them up at the opposing free throw line at right. that point, pretty much. And yeah, it, w- it would be a mess. I, I, it's one of those ones where, really, like it, it just seems like it's something you pull off in 2K or yes. fantasy basketball. Um, I, I will be completely honest with you and everybody watching here. I'm going to get tired of the Damian Lillard 2 uh, stuff eventually, uh, but we're not there yet, right? So. So let's keep keep having a little bit of fun with it. Um, yeah, I mean, what would they give up? That's, I guess, starts to be the question. Right. Right? It's going to probably be Andrew Wiggins and then picks, a whole and bunch of them. James Wiseman. I, I guess. Just James in terms Wiseman, of, of course. In yeah. terms of salary-wise, it has to be, what, Wiseman and Wiggins together, assuming that you're not doing Draymond or, or Clay yeah. or Steph. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. And you know, maybe you could work in a little bit more and take back like Yusuf Nurkic mm-hmm. if they wanted to get rid of him or or something. That'd be kind of fun. Nurkic, Green, Thompson, Curry, and Lillard. Oh boy, oh, that nasty <laughs> offense there. You know, Draymond Green would never have to shoot. He probably yeah. never would. He probably just you know focus on moving the ball. Uh, but yeah, that's um. Yeah, this just it's one of those fun things to to imagine. Um, but I just I don't know. But Damian Lillard is from Oakland, so I mean that's you know there's something to that too. You know he's from from the area, so maybe if he does want to go somewhere, he goes goes back home. What I could see though is could this set the groundwork for a year from now if Steph says you know what I'm going to go finish my career in Charlotte or something like that or you know along those lines could then could you jump Lakers, on Damian? something like that yeah know. yeah maybe yeah Lakers <laughs> yeah sure yeah absolutely yeah he's going to drive down down what the, the down five, the five. Right? down the distance yeah. get on the five drive forever you'll get there <laughs> I tapped into my uh my my Southern California year and a half resident status there I like that that was a pretty good reference well done and I used the too that's right <laughs> well done well done Keith you know when I when I look at this though like if Steph Curry is there I think you're right like what's if you're Damian Lillard yes you want to win a championship maybe that is something that ultimately causes you to leave the, the uh, Portland Trailblazers but if you go to Golden State you're going to see the same thing that Kevin Durant saw right where you go you win a championship everybody says it's Steph's team anyway right is this is this yeah. really the move that you're going to make especially because you know he plays the same position as you not only is it somebody else's team, but he plays the same position, which means you're going to be second fiddle. You're going to be kind of the not not the backup. They would play together, but still, I I don't think this is going to happen. I think it's interesting that the Warriors are at least having the discussion. But then sure. when you step back, 29 teams in the NBA right now are having the discussion. If Damian Lillard hits the market, what can we offer? Can we offer something, regardless of of how unlikely it is? Those discussion discussions are being had because it's Damian Lillard. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Every front office that is in Portland has had what is our starting offer? What is our best offer? They they all have those ready to go. But it is, again, to just emphasize with this, and again, we're going to keep having fun with these reports as they come out because uh, they are interesting to think about. But it's going to take Portland and Damian Lillard saying, we're done. Like, yeah. we're he's on the block. And Dame saying, I want a trade. Uh, he has not done that. He even kind of backtracked from it, I guess, the other day uh, a little bit. But, um, but yeah, it's 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 one of those fun ones, you know, one that maybe, I don't know if it's more realistic, less realistic, but we also got a little bit of news that the Knicks would be interested. Again, all 29 teams will be interested. Uh, but the Knicks report also came with a little bit of reporting that R.J. Barrett's not considered to be untouchable if they can get a superstar via trade. And I think that that becomes, you know, one of those newsworthy items that maybe gets lost in the, uh, you know, Knicks are interested in Damian Lillard if he becomes available headline uh, that, you know, they would consider moving on from Barrett, who I thought showed real growth this past season. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Knicks did something extraordinary this offseason. I mean, something fairly dramatic, right? I mean, I, and maybe it's not trading for Damian Lillard. Obviously, there's a lot of teams that would love to do that, but just they got a taste of getting back in the playoffs, and now I'm sure they're ready for more. They want to get ready to make a real run next season, and if there is a star out there, they're going to go for it. At the same time, though, I, I'm kind of like holding my breath for the Knicks and hoping that what we saw last season does not become the outlier where they had done so many Knicksy things in the past where they tried to just jumpstart things with veteran players and it just never really worked out for them. They kept gambling on injured former stars and it just didn't work. And now they made a bunch of really smart moves. I'd hate to see them throw that all away for the wrong guy. Now I'm not saying that's Damian Lillard. I don't think that's the case with him at all. But I hope they don't get too uh, too crazy to where they throw caution to the wind and set themselves back accidentally. Yeah, one of two things would have happened with the old Knicks. It would have been, we're going to go for Damian Lillard, but instead we gave up way more than we should have for C.J. McCollum. And nothing against C.J. McCollum, he's just not Damian Lillard. Or... They would have said, you know what, we're not making that trade, but what we're going to do is we're going to take our $50 million in cap space, and we're splitting it right down the middle on DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. Yeah. You know, we're going to reunite them in New York. And as fun as a story that would be, uh, they'd also do it for probably full max deal or full four-year four deals and, you know, $100 million a piece or whatever and, you know, call it good at $25 million a year. And the problem there is that's not how you win, right? The Knicks no. for years and years and years were – we miss out on the top tier guys. We're going to overpay the second, third, and fourth tier guys, make our books a mess, and then it's going to take us years to dig out of it just to repeat the cycle all over again four or five years from now. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I hope and I truly believe they have turned the corner now where it is we're not overpaying. We'll, we'll go get a star if we can. Well, we're going to make that happen. But if we can't, then what we're going to do is we're going to go – we might overpay for a year for that second or third or fourth tier guy, but it's only going to be for a year. And you guys will get sick of me saying it. I know Trevor probably already is. It can hurt you to overpay on a one-year contract. It just can't. It's, it's virtually impossible uh, because at the very least, you have a nice expiring deal to move at the trade deadline. So that's my guess is we're going to see the Knicks take a very similar approach in a star-free offseason. I know we're, we're in the middle of our position previews. We will finish those out probably this week. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, this is, you know, a new new Knicks organization where it's you know, a little smarter. But 
Damian Lillard's not that. He's a true star. If you could go get him, you go get him. And if it costs you R.J. Barrett, costs you R.J. Barrett. Absolutely. That That's it. Exactly. Keith, we are on the same page, just like we were on the same page. We both apparently read the memo that today was the blue shirt day because, because we got we are on the same page there as well. Yeah, the, the Knicks of the past, they would sign Kyle Lowry to a four year deal. Two years in, they'd wave him and stretch him. So they would still be paying like a 75 year old Kyle Lowry. Years down yeah. the road, that's what would have happened. But or trade them for bad money, or, or trade them for bad money, and yeah, even just, more. Yeah, but yeah. fortunately, they're not doing that anymore. But regardless, look, Damian Lillard to the Warriors. I don't think it really happens. It's just something to maybe remember to keep in mind that the Warriors did have that discussion. I think you're right. If Steph Curry does leave the franchise later on, maybe it's something that they they go back to. We'll see how all of that plays out again. The first step, Damian Lillard has to actually go to the Blazers and say, you know what. I'm out. I'm not going to do this anymore. And let's try to work to find a resolution here that lands me somewhere else. Uh, that's and we've co- we've covered this too. But let's just in case this is somebody's first time watching. And thank you. Yes. If it is, please subscribe. subscribe. Um, but it is Portland controls this. Yeah. This is not Anthony Davis, where he's got a year left on his contract, and he made it very clear: I'm going to the Lakers when I'm a free agent. Poor, uh, Damon Lillard has four years left on his contract. So, you know, you can trade for him and say, you're either playing here or you're not playing anywhere if you really wanted to play that kind of hardball with him. And and you know what? With four years left on his contract, he's going to show up and play. Um, You know, where it's very different, where, you know, AD made it kind of clear, you can give up a whole bunch for me and trade, but I'm not staying. I'm going to the Lakers when I'm a free agent. So that's where it kind of became for the Lakers. All right, let's just get this deal done now uh, because, you know, we're, we're not necessarily competing with, you know, a bunch of other teams. It's it's kind of competing with ourselves here. And that's, that's the difference here where, you know, four years of Damian Lillard, that's something every team can talk themselves into fairly easily. So that's why Portland, even if he does say I want to trade, They've still got more control over this process. Even if he says, you know, I want to go to team X, Y, or Z, here's my list. I'm sure they'll do what they can because he's, you know, probably the best player in franchise history. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's somebody that I think they respect, but they're not going to feel forced into doing it because the, the suitors aren't going to dry up because of, again, the length of his contract. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be around and, and Portland's not going to be rushed into a deal or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Damian Lillard, not the only guard that's on the market. Maybe, though, Colin Sexton sounding like you know more and more smoke about the Cavs really looking to trade him could be set up to take a guard coming up in a few weeks here on draft night. And that would cause them to maybe move Sexton on top of the fact that they have to pay him after next season. His rookie deal is going to be expiring. But uh, Jason Lloyd from The Athletic putting out that, that, yes, he is very much available. But Lloyd also posits that perhaps... The uh, the Cavs will want to move Kevin Love in the deal with him. Keith, how much does that detract from the value of Kevin of of Colin Sexton if you have to attach Kevin Love and his over thirty million dollar contract this year has about sixty million owed over the next two seasons? Man, that's uh, that's a lot of money to take on. Yeah, it's got to be the exact right team. That feels like. We can afford to bring in Kevin Love, and he can help us. Um, and what we're really getting out of this is Colin Sexton. Because what happens in that situation is you, you're you kind of stuck, right? It starts to become a little messy uh, for you if you're Cleveland because – or if you're, you're the other team, rather, because – 
unless you're Oklahoma City, who's like, all right, we're going to eat Kevin Love completely just to bring on Sexton. I don't know that it'd be them. I feel like they've got enough guards. But, yeah, then that's different for them, right? They're in a completely different place if that's really where they felt they needed to go. But if you're if you're a really good team, like I know, right, uh, we've had Lakers fans saying we, we would like Colin Sexton, and sure. Uh, but at the cost of Kevin Love, uh, that gets kind of tricky because now you're really down to – that's it. There's your, your four man team and filling out the rest with, you know, uh, minimums and, you know, a little, uh, the taxpayer mid level. And yeah, I mean, if everybody's healthy, that team can be pretty good. I, what I wonder is, does a team say maybe not ahead of the draft, but let's see how Kevin looks with Kevin Love looks with team USA. He looks pretty good. I think so. He looks like he's in good shape and healthy and he's hitting his shots and doing his thing then, yeah, we, we can make that happen. Uh, but if not, then I just – I don't know I struggle because that's $60 million over the next two years. That That's that's a lot for a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy. His game's kind of limited now. I'm just not sure that that I, I see that because that just dilutes so much of the value with getting, you know, uh, uh, Colin Sexton. It's – I mean, look, if you're the Cavs, you've got to have a concrete plan moving forward of how this is going to help your team in the future. Like, obviously, you're going to free up some space, but how exactly are mm-hmm. you going to use that space? Because otherwise, you're taking one of your best young talents, right? Whether You could say maybe he's not a fit. Maybe, we, you know, we want to move him to free up some room for this new guy that's going to be coming in. That's possible, but you still need to get a strong return here. Why are you so desperate to move off of Kevin Love that you would dilute the value – of Colin Sexton so much. I mean, I can't imagine that teams, if they're taking on Kevin Love, are going to be willing to give up a ton for Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton by himself? Yes, you're probably going to get a decent return. But if you have to eat that salary, $60 million for two years for a guy that you're not even sure can help a team that much or how much he can even play right now. Again, if he performs well, the Olympics, okay, maybe that changes the narrative a little bit around Kevin Love. But right now, That's a pretty big ask. I look back, you know, I mentioned this uh, earlier today in a video that I did for Lakers Nation. Uh, It reminds me a bit of when the Lakers used D'Angelo Russell in order to get rid of the Timofey Mozgov contract, and they didn't get a ton back. They got an expiring Brooke Lopez and a late first, and that was it for a guy who was the number two overall pick at one point. You know, he had his struggles and things like that, but still wasn't a huge return for D'Angelo Russell because you attached that contract to him. Might we see something similar yeah, here it's a good call. with Colin Sexton? Yeah, and I think um, Sexton's, well, I don't know. I was going to say he showed more than Russell. Maybe. Yeah. It's probably pretty close. I'd have to go back and look at Russell's stats. But, you know, I've seen some people say today, including, right, I hosted a Spotify green room today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Colin Sexton was one, of, was one of the guys we talked about. And one of the questions was about him where somebody said, is he really even this good? And they were like, he just seems like an overrated guy who puts up big stats on a bad team. Well, let's get into it a little bit with Colin Sexton. 24.3 points per game on 47.5% shooting. That's pretty good. good. Uh, 37% from three uh, gets to the line 6.4 times per game and shoots 82% from the line. That's not those are good numbers. That's that actually is even more impressive when you factor in he's on a really terrible team without a lot of help. Right, that he's putting those up. And three three rebounds a game for a six one guard, not bad at all. Four and a half assists per game. Pretty good. He's a willing defender. He's not a good defender. Don't get me wrong, but he tries. He hustles. And I think if you put four other good defenders around him, that probably makes it 
it makes him better, right? He'll probably become at least an average uh, defender at that point. But as I look at it, I mean, this is a guy who shot 38% from three for his career. Uh, you know, if you can put up 24 points per game in the NBA on pretty good shooting percentages, you can play. You know, so all these people who are saying, yeah, he's only going to ever be a six-man type. I don't even know if that's right. Oh. I think that's, you know, really selling this guy short. Yeah. And as we said, not to, you know, belabor the point too much here, but – yeah, if you're going to insist on the only way we're trading him is Kevin Love, you're just not going to get the return. I get why Cleveland would want to move on from Colin Sexton because uh, otherwise he's extension eligible uh, this summer. So that gives a new team a chance to sign him to an extension, get him in there, keep him long term. Um, and the Cavs have Darius Garland and Isaac Okoro. And as you mentioned, if they don't like Evan Mobley and think, all right, that's too much with Jared Allen, who all accounts are they're going to do what they can to re-sign Allen this summer as a restricted free agent. Then that starts to become, how do we play all these guys? If we go with Jalen Suggs, let's say, or Scotty Barnes, uh, somebody's going to be the odd man out there. Now, they're not at such a point in their rebuild where you have to worry about that too much, but you do with Sexton because he's due for a new contract. So you can only roll that over so far. And if you get into a next year where it's, now we've got four guys trying to play two spots. That gets really kind of messy, and and that that's where it starts to get get you know hard to have him retain the value you want him to have. So yeah, he probably has as much value as he's ever going to have uh, this year as a trade piece. So yeah, I, I get why they would be open to moving him. I just. I don't know about the idea of attaching Kevin Love to him. I just try to move him straight up, get more value. You know, you don't need Love off the books this summer anyway, right. and then maybe you use something to get off Love next year and move him when he's an expiring contract, and that's probably easier at that point anyway. Just financially, right? Just or, or you know, in terms yeah. of logistics, I mean, it's so much more difficult for a team to get there to stack up enough contracts to get to a deal that works with Kevin Love involved yep. that it makes the trade a bit more problematic now. I, again, no, Colin Sexton, like you said, I think I, I don't see him as a sixth man at all. Um, 24 points per game. You could write that off as just putting up stats on a bad team, which we see happen all the time, right? That happens. Sure. But if it was happening at 38% from the field, you know, and 32% yeah, from three, then yes, he's just, he's chucking up shots because there's nobody else out there to take the shots. And that's how he's getting his counting stats so high, but no, he's actually scoring at a very efficient level. And that's the thing that sets him apart from some of the other guys that you might look at as, Oh, just a gunner on a bad team. Now that's it. If he goes to a good team, I would expect his scoring numbers to drop, but if the efficiency stays strong, he can still have a major impact wherever he lands. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on. I'm curious to see if the Cavs come off of the Kevin Love thing or not, or if it's something that they stick with. And if so, how much that impacts his market. I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a real challenge for teams to get it done with Kevin Love in the deal. Team that should be all over trying to get Colin Sexton is the Knicks. Yeah. I think with the amount of time Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett handle the ball that offsets some of him not being a true point guard because um, he's not a true pure point guard. He's a scoring guard. He can play either on and off the ball. But I think those two guys using their game to offset him as playmakers for others, 
that allows him to flourish and do what he does. And that that's a perfect fit uh, for him. I think, you know, if the Lakers could get him, of course, go get him. If the Clippers could get him, go get him. Uh, Dallas, I think he yes. would be a fantastic player in Dallas next to Luca because, again, there's another ball handler for you. And Luca's going to function as your primary playmaker for others. So, yeah, I th- think, you know, there's, there's almost no places where I can't think he doesn't fit. Just a handful of those teams, I think, boy, he fits. And if I was Cleveland – I'd get him to the West Coast because I think that guy might hold a little bit of a grudge and he might want to bust your butt. And if you only got to see him twice a year, uh, we'll worry about seeing him twice a year versus seeing him three or four times a season. Yes, agreed. And Keith, when you said Knicks, oh my gosh. Imagine, I would want, please, can we have a camera on every free agent point guard the second the news breaks that the Knicks are trading for Colin Sexton, right? That that would obliterate the free agent point guard market. Like yeah, it would be so big, chaotic big. because so many of these guys are looking at the Knicks as a potential landing spot that they're kind of the big bad that's out there in terms of free agency right now. They've got the most cap room. They need a point guard and there's a lot of point guards on the market, but if the Knicks are gone, the opportunities dry up real quick. So my goodness, if they traded for Colin Sexton, <laughs> ooh, that could put some guys in some real tough positions this off season. Uh, final thing before we get out of here, sounds like the Pelicans have zeroed in on their coach yeah. as, as Woj and Sham suspiciously tweeted out pretty much simultaneously, almost <laughs> word for word, the exact same thing. Sounds like it's going to be Willie Green going to coach the, the yeah. Northern Pelicans. Thoughts on that hire? Or, yeah, I think that's a good one. He's a assistant with the Phoenix Suns right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then... If we're getting to that point in the process where they're tweeting that out, it's it's you know basically just hasn't flown there and finalized the deal yet. Um, yeah, I like that one. I think this is good. Coach with the Suns right now, uh, he's done a nice job with their team. Uh, played in the NBA as well. Uh, was never a star player in the NBA. It's funny how we're seeing a lot of these coaches, especially on the assistant level, come up that were um, they were hard-nosed role players and guys who are basketball lifers and made their way other ways outside of Jason Kidd, um, you know, who was a star in the league. But a lot of the rest of these these guys are ones that everybody's looking at and saying, yeah, you know, I want this guy in here. Yeah, Phillips was a, was a star for a long time, too, in the league. But he made Doka, Willie Green, Jamal Mosley never played in the NBA, uh, but still, you know, a highly thought of guy. So, yeah, and then that'll leave – the Washington Wizards is the last one standing. And boy, am I hoping they hire Wes Unseld yes. uh, Jr. I, I just think that'd be really good, really fitting. His dad was a player there, a coach there, and then a longtime general manager there uh, for Washington. I just think that that'd be really kind of cool to see him there. Um, and then it sounds like, you know, based off some of her comments, uh, um, uh, gosh, Becky Hammond, uh, sounds like she is, um, you know, kind of knows it's probably not happening this year just reading between the lines a little bit it sounds like she but the cool thing is she's not giving up faith right i think she's kind of got the right attitude it's, it's gonna happen, happen for me i i think next year yeah. i think her Kara lawson Teresa weatherspoon one of them is going to be a head coach uh by next year and we'll we'll see and you know i mean there's always a chance too that the spurs could just say hey you're 
you're you're the one when pop goes you know well, we're gonna you know go go over to you because everybody else who's been there sounds like they're all kind of moving on uh other places are have already moved on so yeah um but yeah I'm, I'm hopeful you know that it's gonna happen you know here sooner rather than later but yeah willie green to the to the pelicans i, I think that's a really uh good hire for them i think somebody who's gonna come in uh one of the things he has great uh uh, kudos for is which a lot of these guys do that we're hearing about is their relationship building and connecting with players. It's never been more important uh, than than it is now. The X's and O's stuff. I think the feeling is that'll all come, but you need to be able to connect with players to either get them there or keep them there. And we know in New Orleans, keeping Zion there, that's going to be priority number one uh, for everybody in the organization, including Willie Green if he gets that job. Right, that is the most important piece for them, and then from there. Everything else should fall into place. All right, guys, give us your comments in the section down below. We do read the comments section, so we appreciate all of the kind words that we've received. But let us know your thoughts on Colin Sexton, on Damian Lillard, all the stuff we talked about today fired off down below. And don't forget, do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications and hit that like button as well. Till next time, stay safe and see you.